Ah, sweet land of liberty. Our founding fathers not only pledged, but gave their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor to obtain our God-given liberty. Now it's our turn. Liberty can only thrive if it's alive in the hearts of a freedom-loving people. I'm Dan Matthews, and I'm pleased to welcome you to Freedom's Ring. Here's our host and constitutional lawyer and minister, Alan Reinock. If you've been paying attention at all, you know that our national policy has increasingly focused on the plight of women who have been taken into, really, into sex slavery uh, to serve the interests of ISIS. But I'm not sure that you realize how that story came to be something that our policymakers at Congress would pay attention to. Uh, the plight of women in slavery is, is an old issue. Obviously, this is a new wrinkle. And so here to talk about uh, bringing that story to Congress is, uh, is my good friend Tina Ramirez, founder and president of Hardwired Global, on the web at hardwiredglobal.org. Tina, welcome back to Freedom's Ring. Thank you for having me, Alan. It's great to be with you. Well, I want you to tell our listeners about the young woman that you brought to meet with congressmen so they could learn about this problem firsthand. Well, it was really such an honor to bring uh, Anne Yazidi, well-known as Bozzi, that's her name, to protect her identity, to the United States and have her testify in Congress and then at the U.N., actually, because she wasn't just... Um, she was one of about 5,000 girls that were kidnapped by ISIS and sexually enslaved. But her captor was um, an American, actually, who had converted Islam and gone to join ISIS. And so he became a militant and enslaved her. He bought her for $40. And so when we brought her here, part of bringing her to the United States was to highlight the fact that, look, you've got over 180 Americans as of last year that had gone to be foreign fighters with ISIS. The problem is really coming home to roost for us. And in this you know, global, globalized world, we really can't ignore what's happening in Iraq and Syria. And obviously, the attacks in Paris last week kind of brought that home to us. But Bobby's story really helped us see that, look, if Americans have been over doing this, uh, maybe we'll begin to take more notice that something needs to be done to help stop ISIS before they continue to destroy these young girls' lives and lives of so many religious communities over in Iraq and Syria that are just being terrorized by them right now. Uh, you mentioned that this woman is Yazidi, and I'm sure I have a dim understanding of what that means, and many of our listeners maybe have never even heard of Yazidi. Can you explain what that is? Sure. The Yazidis are a uh, religious community in uh, northern Iraq, and also in Iran. And they are descendants from ancient Zoroastrians. So they have uh, a faith that's mixed with a little bit of Zoroastrianism and has kind of picked up, picked, has picked up some of the um, aspects of Christianity, Judaism, and Islam over the years. But essentially, it's a religion of that it, they're pacifists, so they obviously won't fight back from the part that they um, have a, a belief in a... In a um, actually, one God, and they believe that um, that one of the angels that they honor and revere is an angel um, that was had a lot of wisdom, and 
Muslims consider that angel, uh, um, the angel's name is Shaitan, so they consider, the Muslims consider it Satan and then condemn them as heretics and devil worshippers. So they've been, they've been really persecuted over the years by the Muslim community in that region because they're considered devil worshippers. But they're the peaceful people for the most part that believe in an ancient religion that uh, there's only about a million of them, about but much, you know, like about half that many are left in Iraq, but they're this small people group that um, essentially when ISIS came in, they decided that, you know, what a great way to recruit more militants by offering them free sex with these slave girls. So they have used the Yazidi community as really a tool for recruiting more young men to come and, and fight with them, which is really, really, really sad. But they've, they've won such a horrific genocide on this religious community in addition to what they're doing against the Christians and others in Iraq. Um, and uh, the Yazidis really have, have gotten the brunt of the worst of violence in Iraq right now. And they've been subjected really to a kind of uh, ethnic cleansing, haven't they? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what Bozzi shared from her story is that when they, so the, the ISIS came into the Sinjar mountain area, which is where the Yazidis live in northern Iraq, um, around August 2nd or 3rd of last year, and attacked village by village by village. And many of them were able to flee the mountain, many of them were killed. Um, but a number were able to escape or flee the mountain. But in her village, a village called Kocho, uh, when they, the ISIS completely surrounded the village, they were cut off completely. And the local um, Arab Muslims in the village convinced the Yazidi community that, look, if you just give up your weapons, us will tell the ISIS that you're friendly, that you don't mean any harm, and we'll try to protect you. They did, they believed it, and then I, and then the locals allowed ISIS in and then joined ISIS. And what they did is they brought everybody into the main school building in the village and then separated the men from the uh, women and children. Took all the men ages like 14 to 40 outside and just shot and killed them. And then the young girls, they began to send into different parts of northern Iraq and eventually into Syria where they sold them into slavery, um, sexual slavery. And just, I mean, the, the things that Bobby described they did to these poor people was just so sad to hear the stories of how they dehumanized them. The point that they were starving the women and children um, to really just to destroy their humanity and destroy their will. And... Um, to break them down emotionally. And so they finally would start feeding them, but they fed them rice with broken pieces of glass in it. And the people were so starved that they, that they ate it, and it was, it was harming their internal organs. So you can just imagine oh the horror. And then going and just every night raping and raping and raping the girls and saying that they're doing it in the name of religion and praying before and after every time they would do it. And it just reminds you of the Holocaust. It reminds you of, I mean, the mass graves. Just last Thursday, the Kurds were able to regain the territory that ISIS had taken in Sinjar. And they found several mass graves that the Syrian bodies. And sadly, Bobby, one of like 5,000 girls that's been sexually assaulted in this way and enslaved, Bobby's mother was found in one of those graves. And so she was really sad. Just to be clear, the women who were sold into sex slavery, they were not treated like we would think a wife would be treated. They were just raped and subjected to violence. Yeah, they were sex slaves is what they were. So they, 
and I mean, even young young girls and children. So when Bossy was captured, her nephew was with her, and he was only three years old at the time. And she tried to escape five times. Finally, the fifth time she escaped, but um, prior to that, on the fourth time she escaped, the um, her captor took the young her young nephew and um, sent him away. She didn't know where he was sent, but most likely it was to a jihadist training camp because when he came back, he was memorizing the Quran and he was praying five times a day and he was just so scared that if he didn't pray, something would happen. And she helped him and another girl that was enslaved with her escape finally on the fifth time. And when they finally got safety in the Kurdish area, even to this day, he is afraid to not pray, even though he's a Yazidi, he's not a Muslim. Um, but that was just whatever happened to him, how they, they terrorized this young boy. I mean, genocide is when you're essentially trying to wipe out a community, either by physically killing them or by cutting off any ability for them to survive in the community. So they were enslaving these girls and impregnating, really just forcing, trying to destroy the population of these cities. And any of the men, they, they killed immediately. So for these young girls even go home now um, with, for their community to continue in Iraq is going to be extremely difficult. How did you meet this woman, and how did you come to bring her to testify before Congress? So Hardwired, the organization that I run, is doing programming in Iraq to train local leaders to defend religious freedom. And we have actually, uh, I've been involved in Iran for many years, but uh, I started Hardwired a few years ago. We just got a grant to start this programming, which is really long overdue. If we had been trained people to send religious freedom to one another, Ten years ago, when we first went into Iraq, the communities that turned on one another, turned Yazidis into ISIS, maybe wouldn't have. But because we never invested in religious freedom and teaching people to defend one another, regardless of their religion, you don't, you didn't have any local leaders that were willing to do that beyond defending themselves. And so that's what we're trying to change in Iraq right now. And one of the partners that we work with is a Yazidi man who had uh, been involved in helping rescue many of the girls from his community that were enslaved by ISIS. So we we um, wanted to bring attention to Congress to the persecution of the religious community. And so I brought my local partner and this young girl, Bazi, to the United States to draw attention and to help do something to really help them practically. I mean, we can go and do the training, but they have a real immediate need that there are still 3,000 girls enslaved by ISIS that need to get out and come home. And um, so we started here to introduce legislation at the same time that would call for the prosecution and investigation of ISIS. And actually what was great is that the U.S. Attorney General's Office and the FBI started a formal investigation of the American that held her while she was here. So that was a great success. And we were really thankful to the FBI <clears throat> and uh, the Attorney General's Office that did that. But they also... Congressman Trent Franks in the House and Senator Ron Johnson in the Senate introduced legislation that we helped them with that will, if passed, get the president to actually take action at the UN Security Council. The United States, as you know, is a member of the UN Security Council and has a vote there. So we can introduce a resolution at the UN Security Council that would um, create sanctions so that the members fighting with ISIS, whether they're Americans or anyone else, would it be able to continue to travel back and forth into Syria, which they're still doing? Um, that their bank accounts, if we've identified them, would be frozen? Um, and to do implement other sanctions so that we can really stop them from continuing this barbarism that 
So um, it sounds like you're still trying to get this legislation passed. Right. So the Senate resolution is Senate Resolution 310, and the Senate actually had it passed out of the Foreign Relations Committee, which is a great uh, move. Senator Marco Rubio was on board with that legislation as well. And um, we are just waiting for it to come to the Senate floor for a vote. The more members we have on that, the stronger it will be. And then in the House, we are waiting on Chairman Ed Royce of the House Foreign Affairs Committee and then the Judiciary Committee to release it from their committees or, you know, and so that it can get to the floor for a vote. So if your listeners are um, willing to call their member of Congress and ask them to get on House Resolution 447 to help us um, prosecute ISIS, stop them from, you know, carrying out this barbarism against the city girls, that would be great. And then there's other legislation in Congress as well. There's a Resolution 75 to declare that what's happening is genocide against the Christians in the cities and many others. And we've heard that the president is likely to declare it genocide, but we've also heard that he may only declare genocide against the Yazidis and not against the Christians, which is unfortunate because really they're all undergoing ethnic cleansing and the forced removal of their communities from the, from Iraq. So we need to... We're out of time. Our guest today, Tina Ramirez, president of Hardwired Global, uh, Tina, I'm sure there's more information about this on your website at hardwiredglobal.org. And by all means, listeners, call your members of Congress, call your senators. What are the bill numbers again? Because that's all you really need is to tell them to support these bills. Yeah, and they can go on our website, hardwiredglobal.org, and uh, there's on the first page there's a link to the Hardwired Global This has been Freedom's Ring. I'm your host, Alan Reinach. Until next week, let freedom ring.